I, w I talked in front of 500 people before. Why am I scared to talk about something that I'm passionate about? And I realized because this is not exactly the norm, mm. right? This is not something that most people would see and just accept, but it's my truth. It's your truth. It's my truth. Let's dig through the mud together. We're so glad you're here. Join us here each week for Mudlark. Mm -hmm. Ba da 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 da. Welcome to Mudlark. I'm your host, Danny Boltz, and I started this podcast because I believe that our stories are what connect us, especially the darker, more challenging parts of them. The times in my life where I felt the most deeply connected and okay are within those moments of truth-speaking and ruthless vulnerability with another person. Here we talk about topics surrounding inner child, addiction, friendship, love, sex, creativity, connection, community. Really, this is the place where we talk about all the things, especially the things that are sometimes just simply hard to talk about. I'm not here to bring you big names, you guys. I'm here to bring you big topics. And now it's time for us to dig through the mud together. Let's go. you guys welcome to episode 10 of mudlark i can't believe we're already on episode 10 it's just going so fast and there's just been so much juicy goodness <laughs> through these conversations i hope you guys are getting as much out of this as i am i just love how it's kind of forcing me to show up and be present with myself and with you i am currently snuggled in on the bottom bunk of my stepkids bed <laughs> it's raining um it's really honestly like the best acoustics in our little house here in Oregon uh so I hope it sounds as good as it feels anyway I am so excited to share today's conversation with you today I am talking with Emily Rose who is a Lenormand reader which is kind of like a kind of like tarot. Uh, for those of you who don't know what Lenormand is, you might be more familiar with tarot or French divination cards. And she helps people really get back to their intuition and tap into the truth of who they are. This was such a cool conversation because I grew up with Emily. We just weren't very close, but we always liked each other. And we both grew up in a small mountain town. And it was just really cool to hear her story. Um, Emily and I actually reconnected about three years ago. She joined in on one of mine and Jess's retreats up in Leavenworth, Washington, and she completely blew my mind. She did like these little mini readings for all of us, and it was the it was my first intro into anything divination, and she is just the most magical witch lady I have ever freaking met. I love her so much. Before we get into the conversation with Emily, I want to read you one of the latest podcast reviews. This is a five-star review from B-Writing. The world needs more podcasts like this one. 
This is a podcast that somehow makes you feel like a good friend is in the room, not just talking to you, but talking with you. Danny's warmth and emotional generosity fill me with a fuzzy comfort that I've never found in a podcast before. The stories she's sharing are really special and sweet and sometimes really hard, but always so necessary. I can't wait to hear where she takes this in future episodes. Be writing. Thank you so much. I hope we are connected somewhere beyond this. I would love to see your face. Reach out to me on Instagram so I can thank you more personally there. I'm at Danny Bolts on Instagram. That's so beautiful. Please leave reviews, you guys. It really helps the show get into more ears and hearts. Without further ado, let's move on to my conversation with Emily Rose. I'll see you on the other side. But I like to start the show of just hearing about your background and just having you just like share with everyone about who you are, like your childhood, your relationship with your family, like all of that. Can you take us back to all that? Sure. Yeah. So I grew up on Mount Hood with you a little bit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And we lived on 16 acres of woods for Mm. a lot of that time. And I'm an only child. So a lot of my childhood was kind of spent alone Mm -hmm. in the woods. My mom, we were really, really close and still are. Mm -hmm. It was really my, my mom and I growing up. And my dad is a... Uh, aircraft maintenance director person (laughs) (laughs) so he's building planes essentially Mm -hmm. all the time but uh he's an alcoholic Mm -hmm. you know it still is and so even though I feel like I have the best relationship I possibly can have with him it's still not it's never going to be the relationship that a person would like to have with their dad. Right. right. It's not so, going to be like that cozy father daughter, like let's go to the movies. Like it's not yeah. going to be that. Right. Right. It's, it's yeah. never going to be that. And I feel like I've spent a lot of my adult life creating boundaries so that I, so that I can have a relationship with him. Right. So that's what I feel like I've, I've actually been working on that a lot lately is creating those boundaries. So we can still have a relationship, but it's healthy for the both of us. Right. But what that meant is as a child, it was really my mom and I, and my, I know my mom felt isolated because she was married to an alcoholic. And then I felt a little isolated too, being an only child kind of growing up in the woods. So we really clung to each other, but she did a really great job of creating a community for us so one of the things that we did was we belly danced all through that's right (laughs) we belly danced and she introduced me to this great community of women so I felt like I had all these moms that Mm. I was growing up with and it it really taught me a lot first of all I felt so lucky because there was women of all different sizes shapes and sizes belly dancing Mm -hmm. and that felt incredible to grow up with that relationship of women and then we also had a community around kind of divination and magic and we would do things like we would create rituals we would celebrate the equinoxes and the solstices and 
you know, on the mountain, a lot of people would say things like, oh, there's the witchy women oh my <laughs> on, God. on the mountain. And, it's a dream. And, things. and yeah, we were. We are the witchy women on yes. the mountain, you know, yeah. <laughs> and fully embrace that. So I felt really lucky to have that kind of strong that strong relationship with all these amazing women. Were they mostly older women? Yeah, they were, you know, anywhere between like 30 and 60 or 70 years old, just all different ages. Just like belly dancing around the cauldron. (laughs) Literally (laughs) sometimes. And so that was awesome. And I felt like it really helped, you know, as I got older and as we, you know, become teenagers and, we become more materialistic, you right. know, as part of that. I always had that as a baseline. Wow. Uh, and so I felt like even though a lot of my childhood was kind of rough, you know, mm-hmm. in some ways, I felt grateful that my mom helped to create this community. Yeah. And a, and a kind of like a spiritual connection and just a foundation of being connected to something maybe bigger than yourself or just something deep within yourself. I don't Totally. And I mean, my my mom was read tarot and taught tarot. Mm. And so I would see her reading tarot. And I always wanted to do that, too, because I saw how helpful it was for her life and for the people she read for. So then when I was about 12, I started reading cards. Wow. And um, we thought I was buying a tarot deck mm-hmm. when we were when she took me to the store, you guys remember Borders? Oh my books? God. <laughs> borders? Was it in Gresham yeah, Station? Yeah, at Gresham Station. <laughs> yeah. We went to that Borders and my mom said, why don't you pick out a, a tarot deck? Cute. You know? And I picked out a really shiny gold deck mm-hmm. when I was there because I was 12 and yeah. wanted something shiny. And we get home and open the, the deck up and it's not it's not a tarot deck. they they were totally different from tarot they just had these single images on them and they are very different from tarot they have a kind of sassy to the point kind of attitude they're very they're very uh, lexical you read it like a sentence oh my god and so when I got them I noticed that energy right away and I think being young I could kind of tune into the energy of the cards easier it was the coolest thing I've ever heard (laughs) and so I I really learned them in a in an intuitive kind of way and that was kind of my introduction to reading cards and I really never put them down there'd be times where I I would put them away for a little bit but something or someone would always ask me a question saying hey can you pull those cards out and figure this out for me and it just kind of became my my uh, go-to calling almost. Right. And before I always thought, oh, I can never do anything with this. This you is know? just for fun for it's me to do in my fun. room. Yeah. And, you know, all through college, I tried to do other things. You know, I tried to be a science major. I tried to be an anthropology major. And I eventually graduated with an English degree. But really, I was reading cards the whole time. Right. And <laughs> were you doing um, readings at that point or just for friends? You okay. know, I was doing that, but it, it started to get to a point where I was doing I was doing them so much. Yeah. And then once I got out of college, I kind of started charging for readings. Okay. I started doing donation based kind of readings. And then uh, it wasn't until later that I, I got some mentors 
and they were saying, what are you doing? You need to charge more <laughs> for your reading. You're like, what do you mean? <laughs> what Is do you it, mean? Yeah. And, and so it kind of took off once I started getting some guidance in that okay. way. So, yeah. Oh, I love that so much. So yeah. when you were a kid, so you started playing with these cards when you were 12 years old, when would you go to your cards? Like, would you use them as kind of this place of like, you have a question or would you go to it and like, I'm just needing a little guidance or was it just for fun? At first, it was just for fun. And I would just, the way that I would do it is I would ask a question and then pull the cards, but I didn't really know how to read them at first. So I would just write it down. And then after that event had happened, which would be being 12, it's like, how is it going to go at the dance? Or how, you know, (laughs) will he ask me to dance? Right. Like just (laughs) weird questions like, you know, a 12 year old would ask. And then And I would go to them for things like that. And also just to kind of see what's coming up over the next six months, you know, asking the cards, things like that. I'd write them down, the cards down. And then later I would go back to it and say, okay, how did that actually play out? And then I was kind of freaked at first because I would read the cards and say, oh, now I get what this means. So I learned them by pulling the cards and then seeing how they applied to my life in in real time. So I could kind of get that modern bend on how to read them. And then over time, I I, I got better at understanding them so that I could begin to uh, predict things a little bit and not Mm. super far in the future. I'd say Lenormand's accurate about a year out. Mm -hmm. And then I started incorporating tarot with that as well. So the way that I saw it is I kind of think of Lenormand cards as headlights on a car. So they kind of illuminate a little bit more of what's in front of you. So you're not going to be able to see six miles down the road, but you might be able to see a little bit more than you could on your own. Mm-hmm. And then I like to kind of think as of tarot as a friend in the car. So mm-hmm. you see what's going on with Lenormand and then you turn to tarot it's kind of your friend and say what do you want to do about this oh interesting so now that we see that there's going to be this you know fork in the road which way do you think we should go right and so I like to use the cards in that way and I started kind of developing that over time and figuring out which questions work best for which system of cards okay this makes me think instantly like while you were talking about the conversation I had with Courtney on episode one Um, about intuitive astrology and one of our listeners had asked about like well how does that work like destiny and like free will so that Mm kind of makes me think of what you're doing like how does that work as far as like you see this laid out in front of you with your Lenormand um, spread right is that it's a spread yeah okay (laughs) okay so you would do a spread and you like see this in front of you how does that work with free will So the way that I see that working is Lenormand shows you what's ahead, but you haven't taken those steps yet into what is ahead. So it gives you the opportunity to see the path you're currently on, and then you get to decide what you want to do. So the way that I think about it is it's empowering you So the, are see, we about to get bombed right I, that's now? That's what it feels like. It feels <laughs> like, what is that? We're what's like, so where we live right now, sorry to interrupt, but we are like on the strip going towards the Portland airport. And so like, we always have just these massive, all these pl- big planes. And I'm like, over. I think we might die right now. Yeah. I live by the military base. And so we oh, get really yeah. weird things. And then <laughs> everyone's on, 
on Instagram or Facebook saying, did you guys hear that? <laughs> Just, <laughs> what is happening? All our neighbors You're are like, on ah. there. <laughs> uh, um, sorry. Anyway, get back. <laughs> so yeah, like with the whole idea of, you know, free will and fortune telling, because I get asked that question a lot, you know, is this fortune telling? Are you telling my future? And I say, I'm telling, I'm explaining the path that you're currently on. Like with the things that you are doing right now and the things that you're sharing with me energetically, basically, Mm -hmm. this is the path that you're on. And this will what will happen if you continue on this path. Exactly. But if you don't, and one of the things I, I always say before I start the reading is if there's something that you're not jiving with in this reading, there's almost always a way to change it. And that's because when we consult the cards, I'm asking the cards to only provide information that's in your best and highest good. Mm. So if it's not helpful for someone to know, I ask that it doesn't show up in the reading. So that way, anything that we're working with is is all changeable for the most part because it's helpful information to you so that if you see something that you don't like coming up, so maybe, you know, for instance, I get a lot of Uh, a lot of my clients are actually corporate people, which is kind of strange (laughs) if you think about it, but, and a lot of business owners too. And so they might say, okay, what's going to go on with this deal that I'm in? And it looks like it's not going to go well. It's like, then we can consult tarot. Okay. What can we do Mm. to, to have this deal go well? Or if this isn't the right opportunity, what is the right opportunity? And so that way you're able to have other options available. So it's not just, this isn't going to go well. Sorry. It's okay. On the path you're currently on, it doesn't look like it's going the way that you would like it to go. Let's explore that. Let's find a way so we can find an outcome that is in your best and highest good. That's why we're being shown this right now. Mm. And so it's more about empowering people to make a decision with their conscious mind, because a lot of times we one of my favorite quotes is from Carl Jung, and he says, until you make the subconscious conscious, Mm. it will rule your life. Absolutely. And you'll call it fate. Oh, my God. (laughs) I love that. That's so good. We'll put that in the show notes. That's so good. (laughs) Yeah. And so I feel like when you're consulting cards, you're making the subconscious conscious and then you're able to make decisions and the other quote I like to think of, and I don't remember who said this, um, but the quote is, the soul doesn't think without a picture. The soul doesn't think without a picture. Yeah. And what I find is that cards kind of cut through the muck of the ego and it Mm. talks directly to that deeper part of yourself. So what I find is that when someone's contemplating a decision, it's less important what the cards actually say and more important that we cut through to that part of them so that when they're making a a hard decision they're communicating with that deeper part of themselves and then the cards just simply reflect what they're feeling okay so when i when i hear you say that i think i'm i think my whole world is getting turned because i i think i have had a very different idea of like how you read Like, I I think I just have had a different idea of what it means. I just don't know enough yet. I'm so excited. (laughs) But um, so when you're talking to somebody, are you basically like you're asking them questions to kind of pluck out like these like subconscious things that are maybe hidden within them? Because you don't know what's going on in their subconscious. Only they have that. So it's not like a fortune telling, like, I see right through you. This is what's going on. But how does that play with, like, 
like you picking up you're picking up on their energetics also though right yeah so the way that it works so when it comes to getting the question out I always say that the question is where a lot of that that self-transformation work is in a reading is getting to the right question now a lot of times people come in with a raw question Mm. they'll just say something like why does my partner not get me or something right or why are they not working for me right now or whatever and that's not actually what they want to know right Right. usually when they come in so then I say I'll I'll just kind of ask additional questions to them okay so why do you want to know that what are you hoping to what kind of relationship do you want to have you know then you start getting to the real questions and then eventually you get to like kind of a polished gem yes of of a question and then you can see them say oh i'm actually wanting to know this oh i love that so and that's like the subconscious like you're able to help them pull out that subconscious question and thought and yearning almost like the thing that they're actually wanting to find out. That makes sense to me. Yeah, exactly. So it's more it's and that's more of a just a skill. Like it's not even necessarily on a spiritual level in that. I mean, a little bit of its intuition and and connecting with that person to, to get that. But really, I think anyone who wants to read cards can develop that skill. Oh, I love that. And when I read cards, there is more of a connection that's a little different that I actually learned from studying shamanism and working with a shaman um and I didn't realize I was doing that innately Mm. until I started taking those um until I started getting that mentorship and then I realized oh I'm using those techniques that they use and really what I do is I I connect to that person's energy and I I picture them and myself in a in a place in nature that I feel safe oh I love that and they lead me around and show Mm, me things yeah and I communicate what I see with them and then usually they know what I'm talking about they'll know I'll get an image uh, and I had a, a client a while ago where I said you're leading me off the trail and we're going somewhere you've never been before and you know, I'm, I'm seeing you climb a tree and having fun and doing these things. She's like, oh, I just quit my job and <laughs> oh my I'm God. trying this new thing. And so it's always a kind of like a metaphor for <gasps> what they're doing. And so I love that. That's kind of the the you know, what a lot of people call the quote unquote like woo part of it where they're like, how are you doing that? But wow. when it comes to the cards, you know, and so I, I do that and that kind of just helps me tap into them. As, yeah. as a person. And then from there, we we begin the exploration of their questions and, and pull cards. Wow. So that's kind of more of my process. And every reader has a different process exactly. in, in terms of how they do it. And I just find that that's kind of what I naturally go to. Oh, that is the juiciest shit. I, oh, I love that <laughs> so much. Oh, my God. So, yeah, you are basically combining this tool of Lenormand with mm-hmm. your own intuitive gifts, your ability to kind of just tap in and feel the energy of someone. And I'm really interested, too, just because I feel like, you know, there's all these different we all have these different intuitive gifts. I feel like I have feeling gifts of like mm-hmm. I, I feel energy. 
but it sounds like you have some like seeing gifts a little bit as far as like what you were just saying, like, let's go to a place in nature that feels really safe and beautiful. What do you actually like see? Is that something that you just like images in your mind that kind of come through of them like leading you off a path or what is that? Yeah, it's it's interesting because it's so different from when you imagine things, you know, so when you know, in your head, when yeah. You're you're just thinking of a scenario and okay, how could this play out? You know, you're you're actively kind of making that happen. Right. Right. But then when this happens, I'm genuinely surprised by what I'm seeing. Wow. And it doesn't feel like mine. No. It it feels like it's in my lens because I'm in my place in nature where I feel safe. And then I think that's so when your soul feels safe, (gasps) you know? Yes. Then it enables you to see more oh my because gosh, yes when your soul is I mean if we're just being honest our world is really not set up for soul work a lot of times just it's we live in a pretty harsh world and so I think it takes active work to make your soul feel safe I want to cry <laughs> you're saying that because it's true like we don't live in a world that feels so safe all the time for this little soul inside of us that just wants to feel safe and nurtured and we have to like create that space yeah and I think that it's something that we don't actively think about on Mm. a daily basis I know when I get into business mode or work mode that I'm not thinking about my soul feeling safe and so when I go into do a reading for myself or someone else it's important to create sacred space both physically and within yourself right because if you're if it doesn't feel safe to come out and express itself the soul's not gonna do that wow so I think that that is my technique for doing that and it's not necessarily mine I mean a lot of different cultures throughout time have have done some something similar or more elaborate even than yeah. that. Did you learn that from someone? Did you try that? Or like, did you pick that up somewhere, like finding a place in nature? So initially, no, I just was doing it. And I didn't realize cool. it took a while of me reading cards, though, to feel to for me to feel safe enough to do that, because I was starting to what I so when I started reading I was just reading cards I wasn't I would try to connect to a person's energy but I didn't really know how to do that all the way and the cards were still right on but I wasn't as connected Mm -hmm. and over time of practicing reading cards I started to get visions in a way visions isn't exactly the right word but it's the closest and at first I was thinking what is this I don't know what this is and I'm not going to tell that person because I'm not psychic you know yeah and then over time I just when I I had a client that was like a friend of a friend that I felt you know I'm just going to try this let's just try this and I told her things that I had seen and it was interesting because I had seen a uh, a desert and it was so windy and all this sound and I couldn't even hear her for a minute. And I, I was, did you feel like your eyes were closed? Like were your eyes closed? No, you were like looking at her. Yeah. And I just felt this and I I was just, I I didn't know what to do with it. I was just thinking, what am I experiencing right now? I don't know. This isn't mine. You know, this isn't my thought that I'm having, but I was open 
in that time because I had been doing readings all day. So I was open and in a place where my soul felt safe, right? (gasps) Because I had created this sacred space. And I just told her, I said, I don't know why I'm seeing this, but I'm seeing you in a desert and there's so much wind and they can't hear anything. She started crying (gasps) right away. And she said, I just went to the desert because I felt like I couldn't hear anything. (gasps) And I wanted, I wanted there to be nothing. Goose. I know. And I was just blown away. And it took me a long time to trust the images that I was seeing because you feel kind of crazy a little you're like why the fuck is this going on in my mind right now why am I seeing this? and when you explain it to someone who is not acquainted with this world at all they are they just are what are you talking about crazy you're crazy but then I just decided to trust myself at some point that is the most amazing thing I've ever heard do you see that all the time do you see vision have visions all the time pretty much for every reading if someone is really closed it's a lot harder to see it so if their soul doesn't feel safe oh yeah then it's a lot harder so that's why you know with clients a lot of times I'll if I can tell they're not feeling safe I'll I'll breathe with them for a minute we just try different things but once I've had been working with someone you know we have a relationship and over time it becomes a lot easier for them to feel safe in that space. And when we're both feeling safe and they're feeling comfortable with me and they trust me, then there's just this magic that kind of happens because we're able to get to the heart of what they want to talk about and what is happening in their life so that they can make the changes that they want to make. And we can begin to tap into that. What I kind of... I know there's different words for this. I know Martha Beck uses the word essential self, um, but we're able to tap into that energy a lot quicker and mm-hmm. so that we can cut through the stuff that doesn't matter Yeah, quicker. it makes me think of essence. That's yeah, the in word. Essence, That's exact, what pops up for me. Exactly. Like y- your essence, and a lot of people think of this as your quote-unquote purpose, mm. but I don't really see it as necessarily a purpose. I see it as kind of a theme that we have in our life that we continue to bump up against. I know Courtney was talking about the North Node. Yeah. It's that, essentially. The thing we kind of keep hitting, wow. but that feels a little scary. Yeah. Right? It feels different. It feels... And... But at the same time, it's kind of comforting when we hit it. We know we're hitting something that we're supposed to be hitting. And so I feel like w- people that feel once they start feeling safe in a reading space we're able to touch on that a lot quicker and once we start finding that and uncovering it slowly it's it's really cool to see people start making decisions from that essential self point of view rather than like a a social self where the part of you that pays bills and <laughs> you know is worried about what other people think and we need a little bit of that right yeah, we keep for survival yeah. right but a lot of times it's the social self outweighs the essential self in most people in our culture right now. Right. So a lot of times it's like, let's balance that. And we're able to tap into that. And I think that's what a lot of cardomancy is about is is tapping into that. Right. It's it's so interesting to hear you talk about all this, because, again, this is new for me, you guys. Like, I, I don't know much about Lenormand. I don't know much about tarot at all. But I'm seeing 
a lot of parallels in the work that I do with Mm -hmm. what you do of just shadow work and helping people tap into that deep subconscious place that holds all the answers. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. what they mean when like all of the answers live inside of us like that's where they're living I think do you do you believe that to be true oh absolutely and a lot of times it's you know what I find is that we try to shame our subconscious I know Mm. Brene Brown talks about this this is essentially all all her work is about talking about that but it's what I find is that people are just shoving down all this subconscious because it's not it's either not convenient for their life or it's kind of scary because it's against norms or what are people going to think what are people going to think and and what I find is that when we stop shaming it and when we just start we start just taking inventory of it then it's really helpful because we know what's there and we could say oh this isn't actually this big scary thing when we take the time to look at it in uh, one of my I have a, a life coach that I love and one of the things she says is it's like tripping over it's like you you have the lights turned off in a closet and you're trying to walk through the closet and you're tripping over all this stuff and you're like oh my gosh what is that is that a spider is that and you turn the lights on and you're like oh it's just a sweater like whatever you know it's just oh yeah, yeah it's just and that sometimes it is a, a, a quote-unquote you know scary thing but a lot of times it's just once we understand it it's not actually scary right and those are the things and that's what I think Carl Jung was talking about is that if we don't take inventory of it it kind of rules our life because we're trying to step around all this stuff for so long when really if we just pay attention to it we can move it to somewhere that makes more sense or we can integrate it into us and then we're no longer tripping over it right I love that that's amazing for you like what have been some hard things that you've had to accept like in your subconscious things that have been there just waiting to be let out things that have been just wanting to make an appearance do you have things that pop up yeah I mean I think for me one of and this is something I'm still working with pretty extensively and so I'm not exactly sure to phrase it all the way but one of the things is I feel like I am definitely people pleasing Mm -hmm. that's one of them and why is that And I think that goes back to being an only child. And when I would do something, I'm using quotes, right? Yeah. (laughs) Just how happy my parents would be. And all the accolades. All the accolades. And and they're, you know, for getting good grades and doing, doing things like that. And so I wanted to do that all the time. I wanted to do the right thing all the time. And I never, well, not never, but I didn't often tune into what was actually true for me. Right. So I did all the kind of textbook things you're supposed to do. Right. So I got good grades in school. I went to college and I majored in, I tried to major in the right thing. I tried to do pre-medicine, but it just wasn't right for me. Why was pre-medicine the one you were going for because I thought if I was a doctor right then that's the ultimate you know that is the best person in the world right doctors are the best people in the world and so yeah I thought well I just need to be a doctor and everything will be fine and then I'll be I'll be that person and what I found is that just did not work for me yeah you know in science I just had all these questions and I'd ask all these questions and they would say it's just the formula just do the formula 
you know, and I'd say, but why is the formula like this? Why isn't it like that? And, you know, how how did we decide to do things this way? Like I had all these questions and they they would look at me like I was crazy. You know, that's not how this works. And so I just I, I, I became an English major so I could I could tell stories. Right. <laughs> That's basically what I did. So I think that now, you know, when it comes to I was so the reason why I think I put off accepting that I am as my psychic that I adore says a sacred bitch. A sacred <laughs> bitch. bitch. That's what she says. She's, oh, I love that. I, I, I put that off for so long because I thought, well, no, I have to have a salary job. I have to have mm-hmm. this. I have to have that in order to be considered a good, successful person, mm-hmm. which is not true. No. Right. It's not true. But I had that in my mind because that's what made people happy. You had that in your subconscious. In my subconscious. Yeah. yeah in my subconscious. And so it wasn't until I really started a business. Yeah. Because if you have shit holding you back in a business, you're not going to get far. Nope. And one of my favorite mantras is scared money don't make money. Oh, my God. (laughs) You're like dropping so many good fucking things right now. I love that. It's my favorite. I think I learned that from Real Housewives, by the way. (laughs) So it's not like that came from a sacred source, y'all. I mean, I don't know. I love Real Housewives. But anyway, um, so... I started realizing, why am I afraid to go on Facebook Live right now? Yeah, you're like, why what the hell am I afraid of? Is this? It's Facebook it, Live. It's Facebook Live. Or why am I afraid to do this workshop? I mean, right. why am I scared to go talk in front of 10 people right now? When I've talked for my, I call it my muggle job, for my muggle job, or I'm in college admissions, um, I, w- I talked in front of 500 people before. Why am I scared to talk about something that I'm passionate about? And I realized because this is not exactly the norm, mm. right? This is not something that most people would see and just accept, but it's my truth. It's your truth. It's my truth. It's your juicy truth and it's where you need to live. Yeah. Yeah. And I realized I had to take some things out of my like subconscious closet and really start figuring it out because... Yeah. I was never going to be successful in 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 successful, uh, you know, this relative term, but I I was never going to fully thrive in my business or in being a a great card reader unless I I did that oh, work. You and I are so freaking similar. I know. We have the same north and south nodes, we Danny. We do. I know. Yeah. And we we Emily and I have an Aquarius north node and to me that means just fully leaning into a life that no one will fucking understand and that's okay yeah and just owning the weirdness owning the woo Mm -hmm. owning our gifts and yeah it's it's crazy it's crazy how similar it is and how I think we both in our businesses have experienced it similarly and kind of are coming out similarly together like coming out ahead together but I've been dipping like a toe in to my gifts for years and that's it's shown that like that's what the money's looked like like the money has been way less because I haven't put all of me into it and the more I put my body into it my heart into it the more money comes back it's I mean that's just how it works Mm -hmm. you know and I see both of us doing that right now it's crazy 
Yeah. It's so crazy. So can you tell us, like, tell the listeners, like, what are you doing right now? So like you have these things that you're still working on. You still have a job. You still have your mm-hmm. muggle job. I still have a muggle can job. Can you talk y'all. about that? Because you're still in the process. You're in the I process. Am. I, I am into it. And I do have a muggle job right now. And it is, you know, I get asked a lot of times from other people, okay, I I have an intuitive business. How do I make the shift for my muggle job? I'm like, y'all, I'm still figuring it out because... You're like, wrong girl to ask. Wrong girl to ask right <laughs> now because when it comes to my muggle job, I'm mostly in it, honestly, for health insurance at this point right now. Um, I'm very fortunate. I have a fabulous muggle job where I work from home. So, uh, and I think that's enabled me to keep that for longer. And I have a amazing workplace that supports me. So that's, I, I feel like I have the best possible scenario for it. I think if I didn't have that, I would have been gone a while ago. So I don't know if that's a blessing or curse or whatever, but uh, I feel fortunate for that right now. Um, in terms of what I'm working on, I have a class that I teach called Lenormand Foundations. And that is um, like my signature course. And it it essentially teaches especially tarot readers and mystically minded folks how to read Lenormand cards like they're talking to a friend. So mm. it's it's an eight week class that I teach. And it, I'm um, so that's that's kind of the main thing that I, I do and I work on. And then I also do readings with readings. I I mostly let that kind of organically happen with the readings. Right. And I just people that are attracted to it just kind of find me and and I love that it's yeah. working so well so I have you know a kind of a select group of clients in a way and they're just meant we're just each other's people so oh, I love that it's just great we're like we're just gonna be in each other's lives forever basically it, it's great yeah so I feel really blessed for that and then yeah so essentially what I'm doing is I'm I'm working a lot on my program and now that I have this program built this class built I'm I'm learning how to be a little bit of a business person right now Mm -hmm. in terms of okay how do I how do I share this with more people how do I market this Mm -hmm. and at first I was so scared of that because I thought marketing was so icky and and like shitty shitty sounding and and I realized that it doesn't have to be that way because really what it is is with marketing you have to be authentic yeah. like you have to be authentic self or people are going to see through it yep. like they're going to see right through it and so i feel like i'm learning okay this is how i share this with people in a genuine way this is how i can how can i provide more value to people how can i share Absolutely. what i have with more people uh-huh. and and in a way that is really helpful and beneficial to them in their life. And so that's, those are the questions I ask myself before I do anything. Yeah. Is this actually going to add value to somebody? Absolutely. You know? And so I'm learning how to do that from a, you know, really soul-based kind of place. Yep. And that's really what I'm working on now. So it's, it's kind of challenging because, you know, I do have a full-time job where I have a leadership role and, then I have this soul-based business. And frankly, it's really hard. Yeah. It's just hard. Hard. I bet it's hard for self-care, like giving Ugh. yourself time and giving your fiance time. Yeah. Like, is it hard to balance all of oh that? Oh my gosh. Yes. And he is so fabulous at 
at helping me with that. He'll, you know, he works full time. And so he'll come home and I'll still be on my, you know, personal computer doing, you know, working on my business. And he'll say things like, how long have you been on that computer? Oh, cute. He does like a little check in. Yeah. And he's like, how many hours have you been on the computer today? I'm like 14 <laughs> or whatever it is. And then he'll be like, how about we close that and we like stretch together Cute or something, you know, yeah. like he'll just do things like, or how about we like, you know, just eat dinner together or, mm. you know, he'll just do things. He's really great at helping me in a gentle way without saying like, stop working on your business and like, stop yeah. doing that. He'll be like, how about we do this, you know, yeah. and how about we take the dog for a walk, you know, like things mm. like that. And that's really helpful. So I feel like he helps me a lot with that. Right. And also, he'll plan kind of social things, too, so that he'll say, hey, we're playing poker tonight. You know, like, let's go play poker. <laughs> we're not or, working on the business we're tonight. We're not doing that. Yeah. So he'll he'll do things like that. And cute. And, but it is it, it's something I have not figured out yet, honestly. Yeah. And when I've talked to kind of some of my mentors, they've said, you're at the hardest part. Mm-hmm. This is the hardest part because it's great because you've grown a business to a point that you it takes a lot of your time and attention but I've been the way that I've been really managing that is I, I've brought one of my dear friends on to help me with some of the admin side of things. And I think the thing I'm learning is how to organize a business so yes. that it, it can you're only working on your zone of genius with it. So yes. you're you're working on the things that you have to work on. No one else can do that. And delegate the rest. Delegate the rest. And so I'm I'm learning that now. I feel like I've started to kind of get a grasp on it. And every time we kind of level things up, I have to I have to learn a new set of skills in that. Yes. Oh, we are literally in the same spot. However, you have this like Corp, not corporate job corporate no not corporate it's, you have a muggle job I have a muggle job that is you know what money is coming in so you have this money that you can pay to delegate that's where the difference between us though because I'm mm-hmm. full-on entrepreneur right now mm-hmm. and it's like every month all the money that comes in is from my businesses right here and so having like the extra and maybe that's just my limiting belief right now but like I just there's so many things I want to delegate, but I'm like, but can I afford that right now? You know, so I just I'm like thinking of your muggle job. I'm like, that's actually really awesome to have that like steady paycheck to help support this business that you're growing steadily. It It is and it isn't at the same time. Yeah. So, you know, that is the nice thing is about having a steady income is that you you don't have to worry about, you know, how am I going to pay bills? How am I going to do this? But right. At the same time, you're not all in. You're not all in. You're not all in when it when it comes to that. And even though I feel like that in my heart, I'm not physically all in because yeah. I still have a paycheck coming in. Um, so it is a challenging place to be. And it's funny, my fiance all the time says, just quit your job. Just quit your job. Oh my just, God. He's like that. You're like, talk dirty to me. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like he'll, he'll just say that and and he'll say, we'll figure it out. You know, he, he's just a type, he's way more of a risk taker than me. Yeah. Um, What's his sign? Um, He is a Sag. Oh, I love Sag. Yeah, he's a Sagittarius. And you're yeah. a what? I'm an Aries. Oh yeah, you are. That's my rising sign. Too. Yeah, I'm an I'm an Aries. I got the I have so many ideas and and yep. it, the hard thing for me is finishing what I start yes. and I know that that's my hard thing. So I I have so many different th- you know checks and balances to make sure I finish 
what I start. Right. Because that's my thing. Um, so you're yeah. with your muggle job, you're kind of like hanging on for health insurance. Yeah. And the thing is, is it's a it's a great job like that I have. I but think you like it? Like you look forward I'm, to it? Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> it's in terms of jobs, muggle jobs that you can have, it's one of the best. Okay. I, I, I don't think I would find a better muggle job. And I am on it right now, mostly for health insurance. I've definitely had some health stuff going on lately. Um, I think I'm fine sharing. I got diagnosed with Crohn's disease yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> so, so you're feeling raw today. I'm feeling raw about it today. And um, so a lot of it too is that when I have all this other kind of scary stuff happening in my life that it feels scary right now. The health stuff. The health stuff too. It It's hard to make a big leap when you don't feel safe and other aspects of your life yeah and like I mean getting news like that like right away your nervous system is probably just like "Mm." and then to throw like leaving such security on top of that that maybe wouldn't be the best right right now exactly it's just not the right thing to do yeah and you know that intuitively yeah and what I feel like is you know I I do have faith in terms of that you know how I feel that I I will at some point have my business full time. Yes. And I I feel that very strongly. And I think I am called to continue my muggle job right now so I can find the right health path for myself right now. And then, you know, I am getting married next year and things. So the landscape of my life's going to change, you know, quite a bit um, just in the next couple of years. So I think, Right now, it's the best choice for me. Yeah. What are you enjoying most in your life right now? Well, I'm getting married, so I'm excited yeah. about that. Uh, we're doing a little bit of wedding planning. I I am not like I look around your house, Danny, and you're <laughs> you are like you are the coziest person. Like your stuff is so freaking cute. You should Thank see my you. house. I have no decorations. <laughs> I I do not live in my physical space. So the thing I'm not exactly great at is like the decoration stuff. Like right. you know, uh, men, my fiance will say things like, "Hey, like let's pick out colors," and I want to barf a little. You're like, like uh, uh, I don't care. Like, and then he'll pick out something horrific, and then I'm like, okay, I can't. We we're not doing yeah. that. Uh, so I do have some like ideas. So I am enjoying though, like looking forward to getting married where are you guys getting married we're getting married at olympia at, at um we're getting married at a it sounds fancy but it's really not it's a country club oh. in olympia i know it sounds fancy, oh my gosh but it's on a golf course so um is it just so pretty it's really pretty and the main reason we went with them is because they do everything oh nice so i don't like perfect i don't have to fucking decorate i don't have to decorate i don't yeah i just have to tell them what i want which i don't know but i have to you know but they do all of that they do the catering they do the decoration so do you have a date picked out we do next august so we're excited um so that's something i'm really looking forward to and you know i'm i am loving what's going on in um, my business, which is Emily Rose Divination. And we're about to, yeah, at the time that this is recorded, I'm about to start another round of Lenormand Foundations and mm-hmm. just getting to know the students who have signed up. It's been really amazing so far. So I'm, I really look forward to once the class is running, it's where I feel like I get to do some of that kind of deeper soul work with people. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just so great. So I'm really enjoying, enjoying that right now. So right. 
Yeah. And creating the structures to support this amazing business. It's like that. That's where we're in the same place right now. It's like we have these these gifts, these intuitive gifts, these things, but it's like, and all of these innovative ideas and all this shit, but then it's like creating the structures to support all of the juice. Yep. You know, you got to have like a cup to hold the juice. You do. Yeah. And it's, it's really exciting. So where can people connect with you? Yeah. So you can find me at emilyrosedivination.com on Instagram. I'm at emilyrosedivination. And if you so there's a few different paths to kind of connect with me. So if you're someone and you you want to get a reading, you'll see on my page a, a place to do that uh, where you can request your reading. And then if you are interested in learning Lenormand, if you thought I kind of want a sassy to the point friend <laughs> in my yeah. life, then you can um, take my free mini course. And that's at emilyrosedivination.com slash mini course. Oh, that's a, it's free. Free. We'll we'll link everything that you just said in the show notes. That's so cool. Cool. Um, And this just popped into my mind. What's what's the hardest thing in your life right now? Oh, it's the health stuff. It's the health stuff. It's the health stuff. It's definitely the hardest. And and I don't have my mind wrapped around it yet. Right. Definitely the hardest thing in my life. And the balance. Yeah. The balance is the hardest. And especially with, with the health when you when you're not feeling your healthiest, everything is just harder. Right. You know, um, like I've had like chronic fatigue and, and things like that. So, um, and I, now I know that's due to Crohn's where before I didn't know why that was due to. So there is some good clarity happening there. So I, I think that's the hardest right now, but I am at least hopeful that we kind of know what it is now and we're able to, to work with it. So that's the hardest. And then the balance of trying to take care of yourself Absolutely. when you have two full-time jobs, basically. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely. And if you could just give one piece of advice to the listeners about tapping into their own intuitive gifts, their own, yeah, their own whatever, their own spirituality, do you have advice that you'd give them? Yeah, so it depends on what you're interested in, but what I recommend for if you're at all interested in cards what I recommend is pulling a card a day and journaling about it. So if you have a tarot deck or an oracle deck too, um, you know, tarot decks based on a specific system, an oracle deck is not. So it's just kind of up to the creator of that deck. But um, you can draw one of those cards a day and then just intuitively say what comes up for me when I pull these cards. Um, I would say that's one of the best ways to start getting into your intuition and the thing is is with journaling it really gives you you really start taking inventory of what's in your mind and Mm -hmm. I think anytime you can you can start doing that then you're able to um, begin to honor yourself you're taking the time to honor what's in you and when you see some of the things that come out, sometimes you'll say, oh my gosh, I didn't know I thought that. Or, you know, <laughs> you're like, oh, you sassy, sassy girl. girl. Yeah. Like, what is this? And I think when that happens, just telling yourself, you know, okay, that's a thought I have, wow. you know, and just beginning and- to accept yourself and trust yourself. And so I think that's really the best first step is, is to do that. And you don't have to have cards. You can come up with a journal prompt and do that. I think really think journaling is one of the best ways to start. Mm, I love that. I agree. I always am like journal, journal, journal prompts, do it. It just, it helps you tap in so well. Yeah. And last question, I just keep having shit pop into my mind. Um, if someone were to go get a deck, um, today, 
where would be a place to look like I mean obviously we have listeners from all over but what would be the kind of store to go get a deck Mm -hmm. or online or in what kind of deck do you have a recommendation of your favorite deck yeah so if you're in the Portland area I highly recommend New Renaissance Bookshop yeah Yeah. I do read there sometimes um but yeah, New Renaissance is the best. And you can just ask pretty much anyone who works there is wonderful. So you just go to the front and say, hey, I'm they looking are for a tarot deck. Amazing. And they let you look at the deck before you buy it. They yep. will, even if it's sealed up, they'll let you open it and look at it and touch it. Yep. It's crazy. They will. They're amazing. So I recommend going there if you're in the Portland area. And the thing is, is um, one of the important things is to think about the kind of card system you want. So if you want that kind of lexical blunt kind of friend then you want a Lenormand deck if you want kind of a counselory nurturing more kind of friend then you're going to want tarot it's not always that way they'll give you some tarot will give you some tough love too sometimes but it's it's, kind of fluffy it's yeah a little more than than Lenormand so it's important to know what kind of friend you're looking for right now and then to either and to pick one based on that if you're looking for a tarot deck you know, the writer weight deck is the most standard. That's what you probably have seen in movies and, yeah. and things. And that's that's a good solid deck. If you're looking for a more modern deck, I recommend the Voyager Tarot by James Wanless. He's one of my mentors. Um, that's a great deck. Um, there are so many others. It, but the most important thing is that you feel drawn to your tarot deck. Yes. Um, if you're looking for a Lenormand deck, I highly recommend my other mentor's deck, um, Rana George. It's the Rana George Lenormand. Uh, that's the best Lenormand deck out there, in mm. my opinion. And it's like $25 on Amazon, oh, damn. I think, or something. So yeah. And Voyager is like $20. So they're very inexpensive decks um, wow. that you can get. We will link all that shit. You cool. just, you drop so many things. Oh my God. Well, it's so nice to talk to you because there's not a lot of people that I, I get to see and, and yeah. be with that are, that do have soul-based, you know, practices and businesses. And so it's, it's really great to and, connect with you. And, and how weird is it that we grew up together? I, I mean, we did. I don't know if I mean, we mentioned it a little bit early on, but we were elementary, middle, high, high school, school and weren't. Sp- close no. really until we were like kind of friends but kinda. not but we weren't like we close were, yeah yeah and it wasn't until two three years ago when you came to mine and jess's retreat mm-hmm. up in leavenworth and that's when i was like holy shit where have you been all my life i know <laughs> i felt the same way yeah <laughs> yeah and it's just so cool to be connecting now Yay. but thank you so much for being here oh thank you for having me and i love your podcast and i think the work you're doing is is so important so mm, thank for you bye yeah, bye <laughs> isn't emily the best you guys thank you so much for listening be sure to check the show notes because i have everything we talked about linked right down there including her free three-day mini course i highly recommend going over to that I do just have to say, right after our interview together, um, I got my own reading about the podcast and holy juice town, USA. That's all I'm going to say. It was the most powerful reading ever. And I just highly recommend getting a reading with her. She's so amazing. My heart is palpitating. Anyway, please do not forget to rate and review the show. If you haven't subscribed, please do. If you know of anybody who could possibly benefit from the topics we're talking about here, please share it with them. That's really what helps the show get heard. And after you leave a review, be sure to take a screenshot, send it my way, either 
on Instagram at Danny Bolts or my email, hello at dannybolts.com, and I'm going to send you a free access code to my mini course that is coming out in November. Anyway, love you guys so much. Um, bye.